So let's hurdle with our guest, David Bonson, founder, managing partner of the Bonson Group, author of There's No Free Lunch, 250 Economic Truths, and Jim LeCamp, Senior VP Investments at Morgan Stanley. So, gentlemen, welcome. I'll go to you first, David Bonson. I guess I'm, it's maybe a little unfair, but as Jimmy Carter once said, some things in life are unfair. So I'm calling it the Biden bear market. How's that? Just laying it right. Just laying it right. Yeah, I, Nobody. It's not unfair. It's not unfair because that's what presidents get. They get credit for good markets and they get blamed for bad markets. And it's usually a little bit true and a little bit untrue. It gets overstated in both directions. But the reason why I think you can call it a Biden bear market is because if it were a bull market, they'd be calling it the Biden bull market. <laughs> right, that's right. <laughs> but I do think, I mean, in all seriousness, and, and I know this, you know, markets come and go and there's cycles and that's what free market capitalism is about. But I think haunting the market, haunting the market is high inflation, the threat of higher interest rates, the threat of recession. I mean, some of these uh, areas, when you take a look at it, uh, retailers are getting clobbered down 40 percent. Home builders are getting clobbered almost down 40 percent. Socks, semiconductors getting clobbered. Uh, down 30%. Consumer discretionary, David, down 32%. It's a, those are the economically cyclicals, sensitives. Yeah. So there is a, re- a recession threat in the air. And I, I want you guys to also tell me about interest rates because one thing, let me just put this on the table. Jim Bullard of the St. Louis Fed, who in my opinion is probably the best guy in the FOMC, he's a sound money guy, he was talking, David, about a 3.5% Fed funds rate by the end of the year. It is presently um, three-quarters to 1%. So he's right in the sense that they should nail inflation soon, and that will make things a lot easier later. But I don't know. Next few months may be, may be difficult. So what you thinking here, buddy? Yeah, well, one of the things I'd say about some of those sectors that have gotten hammered is a lot of them – up so much last year that it was the froth coming out of them. And I don't think anybody believes that there were great policy decisions last year in Biden's first year in office, driving consumer discretionary and small cap growth higher. And, you know, a lot of this technology stuff is getting killed this year, but it was up a lot last year. I don't think that those things were policy related. And, And so you just get markets sometimes that are divorced from politics and yet they get way over their skis and the bubble has to burst. And I think that's a big part of what we're happening. But then you look to other aspects of the economy where you and I both know it's policy oriented. We have inadequate U.S. energy production, and that's directly traceable to what the administration's done. So it's a mixed bag in how markets are adjudicating the um, Biden administration. The interest rate story, though, I believe is very complicated. I'm holding in my hand right now Ben Bernanke's new book, and it, and it occurs to me a lot of what we're dealing with, Larry, is that we never undid the monetary policy from the post-financial crisis, that we, we never normalized monetary policy the first time. And so now we're dealing with what we're dealing with here, and there's yet $5 trillion more on their balance sheet out of COVID. So this is going to be a brutal hangover. You know, that's a very interesting point, Jim LeCamp, the Bernanke story. First of all, you got to love Bernanke. 
who's selling his book, and he's going around <laughs> criticizing the Jay Powell Fed <laughs> for being too late behind the curve, which is true. But we haven't heard a pip, a peep out of Bernanke in the last two years. He's said nothing. Now he's selling his book, and he's throwing the Fed under the bus. So that's very clever, right? No, wrong. It's not. But then, to Dave Bonson's point, it was Ben Bernanke who was the architect of QE. And we'll call it QEQT, quantitative easing, quantitative tightening. And they have got to get out of that box, don't they? I mean, that box has not served us well in the past 20 years. Well, QEQT, QE2, completely unnecessary and too much. QE3, completely unnecessary and too much. I remember uh, talking to Richard Fisher about uh, seven years ago, and he said, boy, we don't know how we're going to unwind this balance sheet. And at the time, it was $4.2 trillion. Now it's $9 trillion. And most of it was completely unnecessary. Why did they have to keep buying mortgage bonds over the last few years? Interest rates were coming down. Anyway, that was going to happen. The Fed has been has their fingerprints all over this, but you know it's, it's it's policymakers. It's not just the Fed. Fiscal policy's been terrible too. We had the stim uh, the stimulus, which may have helped to a degree, but now consumers uh, are running up credit card debts because they got used to spending, and and now they're having to spend. Uh, twice as much or three times as much on uh, energy and uh, fuel prices. So it's all policymakers that are doing this. This has nothing to do with the way free markets would have handled this. Free markets would have handled this significantly better. We would have much lower energy prices. We have much less of a threat of recession. We would have had maybe a mini-recession. We, we might have had the economic upturns and downturns along the way, but they wouldn't have been as severe. And the problem is, Alan Greenspan started it. The Fed governors showed and proved they had less and less of an appetite for either even the hint of a recession or a bear market. And so pour the booze in the punch bowl. And then now, you know, half your patients are in the hospital with, with uh, DTs, and everybody else is going to have a massive hangover. And it, there's no elegant way to get out of this. What do you think about uh, Jim LeCamp? What do you think about uh, James Bullard, Jim Bullard's idea of a 3.5% Fed funds rate by year end? And let me just add, before you jump in, I'm looking at all my stock tables the two-year break-evens, the two-year tips implied inflation break-evens, CPI, is 390, okay, 390. Now, that's kind of interesting to me. Um, it kind of tells me in some Taylor rule sense that the funds rate ought to be 4%, get it above that, or 45 So I, I sort of think that Bullard is on the right track. Uh, I don't know if the Fed has the backbone to do it, right? But they may have to do it. But what would that do in the short run? How bad would that be? Because there's differences of opinion. You know, if they really act aggressively, inflation might come down uh, in the next 18 months, which could be bullish for stocks. In other words, the tougher they are now, the better it'll be later. 
You know what? Uh, I agree with you. Uh, if you look at the inflation readings, um, they look like looking at just past the tip of Pike's Peak. And um, they look like they may have started decelerating, uh, but they're still way, way, way high and have a long way to come down. The problem with the Fed's current policy is what they're telling us is we're not going to fix this quickly. We're going to try to do it less painfully and just stab you a little bit um, every, you know, every month for the next eight, nine months. Now, how good does that sound? Um, I, I, I tend to agree with you. Rip the Band-Aid now. But it, and, and the, the problem is if you look at the longer break-evens, they don't show inflation is going to be chronic or multi-year. They, they show inflation coming back down. And I think what the, the Fed is afraid of doing is getting a massively inverted yield curve. That's what the yield curve is saying, too. Mm. When you look at the two tens or either the, even the shorter um, ones compared to the tens, uh, I think they're afraid of, of in, uh, inverting that yield curve too quickly and too steeply and because they don't know what the market reaction is going to be. Dave Bonson, i got to take a break, but just quickly, David, i got a minute. Um, what's your outlook for the, the Fed funds rate and what's your interest rate outlook in general? There is no way they're going to 350 with the Fed funds rate this year. The discussion <laughs> as to whether or not they should do it amongst us three and with a guy like Jim Bullard is a great discussion, but there is no way they're doing it. And what they would do if they did it is, is then force them to come right back to the zero bound the next year. They chicken out. <laughs> I believe that they are going to do exactly what we're talking about, slow drips along the way and pray soft landing. I, I could say more after the break, Larry. All right. I just, the reason I like it is, first of all, it's fun to talk about it. Second of all, you're probably right. They don't have the backbone. But I want to vulgarize. This is a moment of shock and awe and regime change because I think the inflation rate is going to be high for years if they do this drip, drip, drab, drab thing. So, And I, I don't want to have drip, drip, drip. I want to have boom and then, you know, get get back into the business of buying stocks and creating wealth. That's kind of my take. Anyway, let's take a quick break. We got David Bonson from the Bonson Group. We got Jim LeCamp from Morgan Stanley. We'll get their uh, views on the stock market and the stock sectors in just a moment. I'm Kudlow. Please stick around. Now back to the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome, folks. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're talking about the Biden bear market. The Biden bear market, progressivism, is killing stocks, big government socialism. But the cavalry's on the way, and you never know. Stocks for the long run is a hypothesis that I think is alive and well. Our distinguished guests are David Bonson, founder and managing partner of the Bonson Group, author of There's No Free Lunch, 250 Economic Truths. One of those truths is we don't want progressivism or big government socialism. I'm sure that's in there someplace. And Jim LeCamp, Senior VP Investments at Morgan Stanley. David Bonson, what is the – I want you both to weigh in. How down is down? What's the downside in this market? And week after week, it's falling. It's drip, drip, drip. It's not good. Um, you know, David, how far down is it going to go? Well, look, the difference right now between the NASDAQ and the Dow is a big story because this was the big theme. I think I talked about it on your show five times earlier in the year. 
the year 2000, NASDAQ dropped 70% and the Dow is up on the year. Growth after a decade of incredible performance gets killed. Value after a decade of laggard performance ends up having quite a nice long run. That's exactly my thesis now, but for different reasons to some degree. The Dow is down 13%, a little more than 13 after last week. Um, that's not good. It's caught up with some other sectors. Energy's still up. Healthcare's still up. Consumer staples finally got hit this week. Utilities are fine. So the defensives are okay. That's like year 2000, Larry. But the NASDAQ is down 27 a year and 30 from the high. Hmm. And to me, that's what we're dealing with right now is a repricing of overpriced stuff and the market now paying attention to better value I would not be touching the good value stuff, the dividend growers, the energy, the defensives. Um, look, the average drawdown every year, even in good markets, is about 11% in the middle of a year. This is 13 on the Dow. That isn't that bad. It's just that the other stuff, S&P, NASDAQ, the big cap, Fang, they're getting killed. So you're, uh, if I can translate that, you're betting on dividend stocks, high-paying dividend stocks? Is that the strategy? Yeah, I believe that dividend growers have proven to be the most resilient for decades mm -hmm. and that we had a rare decade after financial crisis where everything went up, but things that were getting the most multiple expansion went up the most, and that was FANG. That was the QE1, 2, and 3, and 4, and 5. It was zero interest rate policy. The market really didn't have a down year the entire last decade. Even COVID year was up. 2018, it was barely down a couple bucks. Other than that, it was an absolutely unheard of decade, Larry. Mm. And so I think now we have to look back and say, okay, what are the things that are most likely to generate a return going forward? It's free cash flow, not multiple expansion. Mm. Those are in the dividend growers. They have better balance sheets. They're less exposed to whatever it is the Fed has to do. Where I disagree with the bears right now is that we're asking people who have been wrong on every prediction they've made for 30 years to tell us how this is going to play out. And that's not the same as me saying they're wrong. Do you have anybody? Just, I'm not going to assume they're right. Any, um, any individual? Bears, you want to talk about? <laughs> oh gosh, I do. We're probably friends of ours, you know. I yeah. don't want to call any names out, but, but Peter Schiff knows who I'm talking about. Let's put it that way. Jim, like, <laughs> you can add David Stockman and John Malden onto that list as well. Actually, that's right. And I don't. Yeah, Malden's a good guy too. I mean, his yeah, philosophy on life is very good, but he's always wrong. All right, Jim LeCamp, how far down is the market going? David Bonson sort of didn't answer that, but he did give us a strategy. So, you know, I'll give him one for two. How far is this market going down, Jim LeCamp? Well, unfortunately, and although generally I agree with what David said, uh, bear markets are generally like Stephen King novels in that everybody gets killed in the end. <laughs> and uh, that's where I think uh, ultimately uh, you know, we haven't seen the kind of washout with breadth uh, because of the sectors that David was talking about. Uh, that typically occur a bear market bottom. Uh, we haven't seen many signs. So, yeah, we haven't seen the volatility index, the put-call ratio, et cetera, get to levels that normally would indicate abject fear. Sentiment is terrible. Mm. If you want to look at 
green shoots. The semiconductor index is trying to double bottom, and sentiment is just god awful. But it, there's not enough signs, uh, so I think uh, we we wash out to maybe 3,600 or so. And but at this point, uh, even if you get down to 3,700, I think risks and rewards start to balance out. Meaning you have instead of a straight down market where the S&P 500 is down uh, six weeks in a row, uh, you start to have uh, short covering rallies mixed in, uh, et cetera, and maybe maybe start building a base. But I think patient, uh, um, investors need to be patient because these things do take uh, a long time to play out. The good news is, if you look at Atlanta Fed GDP, it does not signal a negative quarter next right. quarter, meaning uh, it doesn't look like we're going to have recession uh, instantly or immediately, or or an earnings collapse, a profit. Or an earnings doesn't collapse. Doesn't look like yeah. it. But so, but where I think we end up with is a stock pickers market. Um, oh to, to God! Complete the thought. I hate stock picking markets. <laughs> I, hate, I hate stock picking. Well, it hadn't in been general. one. It hadn't been one since two thousand and nine. But fellas, but the Fed was adding liquidity for but, you know for twelve years. Yeah, but David, now, now they're not. David Benson, I want to say buy the indexes on the way down in this market, and then hold them for 50 years. I mean, the cavalry's coming, number one. But number two, stocks for the long run. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I don't agree, Larry, but the reason is because the indexes oh, have changed. They're oh, just totally dependent oh, on the mega cap names, oh. and they're totally dependent on multiple expansion. Right now, you just said the s and is down 18.5%. Oh, <laughs> well, what's the forward multiple right now? If you get I if got, you get $220 of earnings, I gotta you're still get at out. 19 times. I got to get out. I got to get out. Folks, stocks for the long run. And we'll talk about the individual bears next week. 